Well, hello there, friends and family. Thank you so much for tuning into Every Day is a Saturday. I'm your host, Brian Roof. You're listening to Interview 2 with Sassar Meath of the United States Marine Corps. If you missed the first interview, though, when you get a chance, please go check it out. It was a great one with Petty Officer First Class Chris Alateri from the United States Navy. In this episode, though, we're going to be taking a trip down memory lane with Sassar Meath and listen to his stories and experience during his service in the United States Marine Corps from 1992 to 2012. Not going to want to miss it. But before we go, I think it's a great opportunity, though, for us to, to raise a little bit of some awareness because we've probably got some veterans tuning in. If you're not already aware, there is around 22 veterans a day that commit suicide and lose their battle with their demons. So if you know a veteran, reach out to them from time to time and check up on them. And if you're a veteran listening and you're struggling with your demons, reach out to someone. And if you want to keep it discreet, there's a number you can call 24-7, completely free. That's 988, and then you're going to press 1. And it should connect you to someone who can listen and possibly point you in the right direction if you're headed down the wrong path. Hey, when you see a buddy down, pick him up. Don't let them stay behind. All right, listeners, I'm super excited for this episode. I'm interviewing someone that I served under, and we lived through some very similar experiences and I very much respect them. Some people know him as Robert Meath, but myself and a few others, we know him as Cesar Meath. Cesar Meath, thank you so much for taking the time to join the show, and welcome to Every Day is a Saturday podcast. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing great, Brian. How about yourself? Nah, I can't complain. You hear me okay on your end? Yeah, I do. All right, perfect. Well, I guess uh, you don't need much more of an introduction. Good old <laughs> Marine. And uh, how long did you serve for? So I, I joined in uh, 1992, February 1992, and I retired 20 years later, February 2012. Nice, man. So you're a lifer. That's what we would call them. <laughs> Absolutely uh, much respect for you. Um, I know that uh, when I got out, you uh, stayed in, you know, I don't know how many, you, you said 2012? Yeah, I, 2012. Yeah, yeah, man. So you did a whole another eight years after me when I got out. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, while you were in, um, what was your MOS? And uh, did you only have, you know, one job? Uh, I was a uh, supply administration operations, also known as a 3043. I was, I was a Pogue. Right, <laughs> right. You're uh, my uh, cousin Pogue because uh, I'm a 3051 and you were a 3043. So, you know, in terms of that, you want to kind of explain what the 3041 um, did? 3043? Yeah, oh, I was sorry, the I was the office and you were the warehouse. Right. Right. So you guys were more doing kind of the ordering and stuff like that as we were kind of issuing out the gear when we were with, over there at MHG, right? Yeah. Running reports, ordering stuff, making sure it got receipted for by you guys and just making sure all the records were straight. Right. Okay. So uh, where did you end up going to boot camp? Uh, MCRD. I was a, uh, a Hollywood Marine. Nice. Nice. Um, much respect to the Hollywood Marines out there. (laughs) 
uh good old Hollywood Marines. All right, so um what uh what did you what did, what was your kind of like your experience at boot camp? What was it like for you? Was it easy? Was it rough? What was you know kind well, of your experience? So you know, I can't I can't vouch for everybody, but there were certain times on a Sunday that while I was sitting there reading the funnies in the newspaper, watching guys spit shine their boots, press their camis, cracked open the green book of knowledge, writing letters home, you know, just just going over certain stuff. And I'd sit there and I'd just kind of look around and I kind of laugh internally to myself and like, I can't believe I'm actually doing this shit, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, Man, I love my Sundays in boot camp. <laughs> but uh, to, to, to dive a little deeper, I'm, I'm actually a, uh, a military brat. My dad was, uh, was in the Marine Corps for 30 years. Damn. And uh, so I, I learned a lot of life experiences through him. Um, he gave me a lot of advice before I even joined. Um, I almost went in delayed enlistment right out of high school, but it was the reserve side and I felt a little pressured, kind of like uh, same situation with yourself, you know, right. Recruiters always pounding on the phone, pounding on your door, you know, hitting you up at school. And uh, I just felt a little pressured and I said, you know what? No, you know, and I walked away and, uh, I, I traveled around the United States for about a year and a half, two years doing door to door sales, you know, seeing the sites and, you know, just, you know, enjoy traveling. And um, <clears throat> after a while, I got bored and I settled in Northern California in Lodi. And uh, I was working on a, my grandparents' farm and uh, had a full time job. And the job wasn't really going anywhere. So just like you, I pulled out the old yellow pages and called the recruiter <laughs> right? and uh, he said, when, when can you come down? And I said, I can, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And he's like, Oh, well, how about we just set something up for tomorrow? So that's how the ball started with me. Yeah. Them dudes are eager, man. Come on down. <laughs> I'll show you a good old time, right? <laughs> they introduced it to me as a good old camping trip, man. I was yeah. so stoked. Like, yeah, camping. Yeah. I, I didn't really like camping. Uh, now I'm like a glamping now kind of guy. <laughs> um, so uh, do you have any good uh, good stories from boot camp? Like any good favorite stories, anything you remember? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll kind of give you a pre, a during, and then right after. Okay. So Perfect. A, a pre, um, when I was working my full-time job, we lived about, I don't know, seven miles outside of town, and my car broke down. So I had to bike it to work so i i could uh i can make the seven miles on one side of metallica one tape just you know <laughs> busting ash you know and that was like my yeah. goal it's like i got to get there up before side one ends you know because i had a, Were you like on a mountain bike or like a bmx type of bike it was a beach bike oh beach bike shit it, a little yeah. beach cruiser huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice and uh so uh you know that was my thing as i you know, just wanted to get to work before the end of side one. And uh, I went to my first pulley function and uh, they said, we're, we're going to have you guys run three miles. And I'm like, oh, piece of cake. I ride my bike all the time. I, little did I know that's a completely different muscle group. right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Running <laughs> consistently for three miles. Yeah. So we stopped at about two and a half miles. And uh, 
that was a mistake on my part because my body just tensed up so hard. So he's sitting there flapping his gums, you know, and motivating us and everything. And he's like, all right, let's sprint back. And we'd already, you know, been, been there for about 10, 15 minutes. And he said, all right, let's sprint back. Every muscle in my leg just was Charlie horsed. (laughs) I know that feeling, man. Yeah. And you're in your in your head. You're like, I, I don't think I can run much, for, you know, more. Yeah. You want to stop, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but in boot camp, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was coming through our battalion. Uh, he was getting ready to do a movie. I don't remember which one it was, but I think at the time he ended up doing True Lies or something like that. The one with uh, that leftist bitch, uh, Lisa Milano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, we uh, were sitting in the, in the squad bays uh, and we we're cleaning our rifles and uh, we had this little tiny guy. He was a house mouse and uh, he was our high PFT guy and he took pictures with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and literally it was like he was twice the size of this Marine, this recruit. So he's walking around and you know what the hog board is, right? Nah, I'm not sure. Maybe that's uh, something you guys did, huh? <laughs> I know every I know every drill instructor. They have their own little deals, man. So the hogboard is where you put your pictures of your wife or your girlfriend on the drill instructor's window. Oh, uh, face, man, facing they went, they facing went the a recruits. Whole other level with that, huh? <laughs> I know they like to see our. They, I mean, we had like that whole picture time. They wanted to see yeah. themselves, see all the all the female pictures. But when yeah. you have a board like that, that okay, a hog. No, board. They, they just now, got scotch tape to the window. Now, a hog board. Now, were they all not good looking ones, or? Well, let me let me let me get a little <laughs> deeper into the story. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> so uh, prior to Schwarzenegger coming in, uh, our senior drill instructor, Stassar Dumas, was walking through, and we had just got done with second phase. We were in third phase, so we were you know getting ready to to start the last last bit of everything you know and uh he's walking through and we had picked up a uh a recruit second phase he was a safety violator on the rifle range but he <laughs> he ended up he ended up getting his shit together and he joined our platoon and he qualified and and came back with us and uh he had a picture of himself holding a baby and he had a key around his neck on a on a piece of string so he looked like one of those key latch kids Mm-hmm. But he had like <laughs> long, long hair. I think he was like a little mix of uh, Hispanic and Indian. Okay. So he had this really thick black long hair, and uh, he, he he looked straight up like a metal stoner. And uh, drill instructor saw that, and he's oh, like, boy. you know, in that drill instructor voice, "What the hell am I looking at here?" You know. So yeah, he takes man. the he, he takes the picture and he throws it up on the hog board. So. Oh gosh! <laughs> fast, fast forward. Schwarzenegger's walking through, and he comes oh, up to no. the hog board, and he's looking at all the pictures, you know. And he's, and he gets to, he gets to that one picture. I'm not oh, going to say his name. I'm not going to say. Right. You know what? I'll say his name. Vincent Lacero. <laughs> he's a he's a good guy. I'm still friends with him on Facebook. Okay. Vincent Lacero, his picture's right on there. Arnold Schwarzenegger sees it, and he's like. Oof. Oof. Mm. <laughs> <You're the best. laughs> 
That's somebody's girlfriend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great, dude. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that ha- that had the whole squad bay laughing. I mean, the drill instructors at this time, you know, they're like they were they were kind of letting loose because we had, you know, celebrity on board, you know, and so they allowed us to have that little bit of a laugh and then, you know, when Schwarzenegger wasn't looking, it was death stares through the eyeball, you know, like knock that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. My gosh. I, 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 I never got any uh, special guests run through for uh, my time, that's for sure. The only special <laughs> guest that would come through would be the CO and it'd be just, uh, you know, have someone to be like, attention on deck! You know, whenever the <laughs> damn officer came in, man, we had a, someone had a first guy who saw him had to identify your, you know. Yeah. Attention on deck! <laughs> good old, good old boot camp. Uh, Good old boot camp but, times, man. I bet there's many stories of boot camps for, from so many people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, but you know, even even during uh, the Marine Corps, I've got so many different experiences, good, bad, and ugly. You know. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. You and know, now- they they range from like you know from unit to unit to unit to unit to unit. You know, and uh, uh, I mean, shoot, we we shared. Uh, uh, we shared a, stuff. A, yeah, we shared yeah. a really good story. Um, we were in Kuwait, and uh, we were there at the Marriott dropping some paperwork off so uh, Captain Cologne could take care of his uh, his financial stuff with the comptroller. And we had a couple vehicles with us, and uh, it was you think- driving one vehicle, and yeah. I was driving the other vehicle. Right? Yeah. It was you guys were in the red. Or yep. like the like the burgundy the looking one, and we're the black one, right? Yeah, we're yeah. the Prados. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. uh, God, what we had we had you, me, uh, Flanagan. I think was there. Ojeda, maybe. May uh, yeah, I think Ojeda might have been there on this. Uh, Unterberger was Unterberger with us. That actually, you know what? I think he was. I think he was too. Um, yeah, because I want to say Ojeda was in my vehicle. Yeah, because it was four per vehicle, and we had to have two vehicles. Right, right. But yeah, I can't, uh, I can't even remember exactly who was all with us, but I do remember, you know, us having errands to run. Yeah, at the hotel and 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 uh, into town. Yeah, and uh, I was always pretty good about letting letting the Marines, whoever was with us, you know, go out into Quaid City and you know buddy up and do whatever you want buy cigars and cigarettes and pizza and go to kfc and remember you know, those burns dvds buying yeah. those burn dvds and stuff yeah man. And so they would be like uh they're so bootleg that you'd be seeing people stand up during them or you'd get sometimes you'd get a good one though you know yeah yeah but, they were like three three dinar each yeah, right <laughs> yeah man bling 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 but yeah i think uh i think I, we were with Flanagan and we had to go to the ATM machine and we heard this really loud explosion and the birds in Kuwait city, the pigeons were just flying all over the place. And we're like, Holy shit. Yeah. So I mean, we, we're already we make antsy. It, Cause you know. we make it, yeah, we make it back over to the hotel and it's, it's blocked off and, and uh, you know, they're letting not letting anybody go near it. We're like, what the hell, you know, and our vehicles over there, so they finally let us go over, but we couldn't go into uh, we couldn't go into the parking lot. They said they had to go into the building, and they were trying to they were trying to find who owned the vehicles. But we didn't know what 
at that time, that's what, that's what they were looking for. Right. And uh, I think it was like the, uh, the concierge, he was like, you know, they're looking for whoever owns these vehicles. It's, you know, and he kind of described them. I'm like, those are my vehicles. Well, before you get that far, remember we were looking up and down that parking lot, man, for a minute. Like, where, dude, I yeah. swear we parked right here, you know, as yeah. we're trying to leave. Remember? And that's, and, the, and that's, that's where we're the, like, well, dude, we can't find our vehicle. And then someone finally was like, hey, someone flagged us down at that point in time. Someone's looking for, you know, the owners of these vehicles. Someone like, oh, God. Yeah, that's when yeah, we went inside. That's, that's the same. That's the same uh, hotel that like all the press stayed at too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That no. I mean, yeah. That was uh, very known for. It was. It housed a lot of different um, dignitaries. News, you know, news and organizations news, too. Yeah. yeah, news organizations, all stuff from you know the U.S. And and uh, so finally found out that uh, the I, was it yours. It was yours, wasn't it? It was my fucking clip from yeah, because we had to carry two clips with our our nine mils. And no, you your vehicle, your vehicle is the one that they put uh, explosives on it. Right. Yeah, they put the explosives on it because I left the clip, one of one of my clips from the nine mil. So the dog picked up on that son of a bitch. Remember, they said that they had a <laughs> sniff dog, and he picked up on he picked up on the ammunition that I left yep. in there. So yeah, yep. the fools blew that son of a bitch up, and remember we had to go to the Quake Police Station and all that. Go ahead, I'll go. Yeah, so yeah, I was. So your talking perspective, with, <laughs> talking with the talking with the the uh, the Kuwaiti police chief and asking him why he used explosives to blow up uh, uh, the doors open for a vehicle that he expected to have explosives around a crap ton of other vehicles that were in the parking lot. I said, why didn't you just look at the license plate and look it up? You would have found out it was a rental vehicle, and then you could have got with the rental agency to find out who rented the vehicle. Oh, it's the Marines? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That would make right? sense. <laughs> yeah, instead, man, that shit made, like, national news. It was a yeah. big deal. And, I mean, so, I think you're about the only reason probably why I didn't get fucking absolutely fried because, I mean – um, I believe Sassar Hill would have had my ass had it been him out there with us versus you. you well, uh, nobody really knew why or whatever, you know, it's just, we got our gas masks back. We got the magazine back. We got, you know, all of our personal effects that were left in there back. Right. You know, some of it was a little left, left for wear, you know, probably because it was in the car when it, when they hit the charge on it or whatever. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to let the boys go down, you know, shit no, happens. Yeah. It happens, you know, um, that but, was definitely handled in house. And it was, like I said, it could have got way worse for me. You yeah. Know? Cause you know, I called the, I called the, the guy that, uh, that owned the vehicles and, and I said, Hey, have you been watching the news? And he's like, yeah, I heard, I heard something <laughs> happen at the, at the Marriott. I'm like, yeah, they, they blew a uh, car doors open cause they thought they were explosives in there. And he goes, was that, my car? And I said, yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 man. So he had to, he had to come down to the police department and go pick up his car, but he at least he brought us another one. Right. This was yeah. after the fact. <laughs> I know. Sassar and Hill wasn't really uh fly on me uh, driving many vehicles after that because 
I think the time before that, there was a couple other little incidents that happened with us in vehicles. One was we were rolling down the window and the window just went all the way down. So that had to get fixed uh, and taken in because, I mean, it was so dusty out there, dude. You had oh, to, yeah. you couldn't be rolling with your uh, windows down. Um, no. And then there was another time when I don't remember, we had to be escorted in there one time. Um, we actually had to be brought in and escorted. I don't know if you ever remember that, where uh, the, the gate guards, um, they basically held us up, man, and, and they ended up having to bring us in. I don't even remember what we were doing or, or why they did that, but they were definitely on arms about us. Really? Those are some, hmm. uh, yeah, those are some pretty good stories. Um, plenty, plenty more. But yeah, we'll get we'll get into some more of those. Um, where exactly were you stationed all the in your twenty years? Uh, let's see. I started off in uh, Okinawa uh, okay, when it shit. used to be called. You started uh, there, huh? Yeah, when it when it was uh, used to be called Third uh, FSSG. Yeah, uh, but yeah. now they cha- they changed the name. Um, um, then I went to uh, Marine Corps Base, and then I was with Two Eleven, an artillery unit. And then I came to, uh, shoot, I wrote all this stuff down too. I went to one math the first time where I met you, right. um, I duty, second battalion, fourth Marines. And then, um, oh, uh, during my time with the wing, I was with the wing too. They sent me to Blunt Island, Florida for a year, TAD. Damn and then, uh, and then, uh, I, I made my way back to, uh, a deployable unit, which was two, four. Um, and then, and then I finished up my whole 20 years back at MEF headquarters group. Now for like uh, staff, they didn't make you do any kind of special, like you didn't ever have to go to like recruiting duty or anything like that. Or, or is it because yeah, you, you know, deployed? The, the wing sent me and, um, uh, uh, staff Sergeant Meath. Well, back then Sergeant Meath knew a few tricks and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I came back with no bad paper. <laughs> nice. Sergeant Major. Sergeant Major asked me, he goes, you know, you can stay here, but you have to do a speech every week or you can, uh, you can go back and, uh, if you want to come back, you have to take a, like a college course or a Toastmasters course. Uh, cause I don't like speaking in front of people, a lot, large groups of people, you know? Right. Yeah. It's um, rough. And, you know, that's just not my thing. Uh, I yeah. can talk, I can talk forever and a day in front of, you know, people that I know that I'm comfortable with, but you know, you throw me in front of an auditorium bunch of kids <laughs> like <laughs> yeah right that's yeah. a different story but, uh, but uh, uh, yeah yeah but i i i knew i knew a trick or two from some fellow marines that uh instructed me and uh i was sent back to my unit no bad paperwork and uh none none the worse nice now did you have a, a favorite place you know what was your like absolutely favorite duty station um that you actually got to go or did you have multiple uh, I had multiple man because you yeah. meet every kind of person yeah. wherever you go. And there's sure. always a different experience. But uh, I would say that when I was with two, four, um, even though I was, we were stuck on ship for like almost 200 days that sucked. Yeah. Um, so the, was the, the, that a grunt unit? Yeah. 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 yeah um, that's usually the fun units. Some fucking guys are blast. <laughs> We, went, we hung out. We hung out with the corpsmen, the 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 marine marine corpsmen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because those guys would always make sure that you're good to go. And if you the were Navy too drunk, they, yeah, they pop an IV in you, and you're next thing you know you're sober again. 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and they, they knew all the good places to hang out. So, um, tip my hat to my Navy corpsman because, uh, those guys definitely take care of us, you know? Yeah. Well, do you remember when we deployed, do you remember Doc Brown and, and those guys, they shared, uh, they're in our tent over there yeah. in, uh, good old camp commando. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Those guys were our buddies, man. They fucking hooked us up with it, whatever. Yeah. But no, good, every place you go, it's, it's got its own experiences. But uh, I would say, I would say, two four had probably uh, some really good ones because of the port calls. You know, um, uh, going to Thailand and uh, Kuala Lumpur and Hawaii and uh, East Indies. Yeah, there were some really good port calls in the Philippines too. So, man, you had a fucking fulfilled uh, twenty years. That's oh yeah, sure. you didn't, you didn't yeah. make. Uh, any light of them 20 years that's for sure uh what you want to you hear something you, you, you want to hear something crazy yeah after after i got out i went to afghanistan <laughs> oh shit as a civilian yeah contractor, contractor. Damn. yep wow. <laughs> wow yeah i mean she gets sent down that way you know you already know what it's like so but the unit that uh that that was going out there uh from two four they had no idea that i was i was heading out that way so when i when i walked in the building i found out where they were I walked in the building. And I was like, "What's up, fuckers?" Nice. And uh, this they one corporal, you and stuff? this one corporal thought he was Billy Badass, and he's like, "Who the hell's walking in?" And his face just turned white. He's like, "Staff Sergeant Meath, what, what, <laughs> what, what are you doing here?" Right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh shit, like, calm down, corporal." <laughs> right? <laughs> what do you think uh, your biggest you know, like dislike was in terms of your duty station? Where do you think you absolutely hated it? It wasn't a good time, or uh, did you not have any places you didn't really like? No, I didn't. I mean, um, maybe base because you know it was uh, it was uh, it was different. You know, it was, it yeah. was too lax. Um, they uh, they dangled my promotion over my head, you know, and and we were going through some uh, change of command. And uh, I requested mass on why I was passed over for promotion. And uh, the new command basically didn't give a rat's ass, you know, but I made sure it was in my record book. And, uh, you know, I just moved on from there. So staff and CEO that I had, he was a piece of shit. You know, um, <laughs> I had a, I had a couple could uh, NCOs that looked out. Um, but for the most part, you know, I just couldn't wait to, I made I made great friends there and I'm friends with a lot of people from this day from, from base, but, uh, the, the, the section I worked at, um, uh, base supply suck balls. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, mine was, uh, probably when I was over at, um, the 22 area with, uh, supply battalion. I mean, yeah. they, they, oh, call yeah. that, they call that place the plantation because <laughs> all they did was fucked with us over there, man. I mean, field days all every Thursday that were crazy. <laughs> I And, I mean, they would hold us over to Saturday morning sometimes just because they wanted to fuck with us. I mean, it was kind of a relief when I headed over to MHG because uh, the field days there were so mild compared to what I was used to. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, man. I mean... Uh, they definitely had more games than Mattel over that uh, supply battalion. Wasn't yeah. that, wasn't that great of a place? Um, do you remember reporting to your first duty station, and uh, what was that like? Uh, let's see, Okinawa. I don't, I don't specifically remember uh, reporting in. I, I do know that it was 
freaking humid as crap because I had to wear my my alphas. Um, but uh, one of the one of the places I do remember mostly was when I checked into two four. Uh, I walked into the sergeant major's office and uh, introduced myself and handed my orders over to him. And uh, he reached into his drawer. He pulled out the French Fortage and he put it on my shoulder on my uniform. And he says, welcome to two four. And uh, I thought that was the coolest thing ever to wear that French Fortage, you know, because, yeah. you know, it, it's it's just a. Uh, fifth Marines fifth, I think fifth and sixth Marine regiment were the only ones that are allowed to wear that. So that's, that's something that I always so bragging, right? Yeah, exactly. The chow hall or some shit. Well, you know I mean? Well, not, not necessarily through base, but like when you, when, when you uh, go out to the Marine Corps balls, you know, that's part of your uniform right, right. there. For oh, your yeah, dress yeah, blues. Yeah. 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 So, cause not everybody has that, you know? Right now. No, that's, that's actually pretty unique. Especially in the Marine Corps. I mean, I know in the Army and stuff, they have a lot of different uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, did you uh, do any special activities or any sports while you were in? Um, or outside of the Marines? Well, outside, I would probably, uh, when I was with the wing, because we were up in El Toro, we'd go up to uh, Corona because there was a paintball field up there. Nice. And, um, and we did we do some paintballing down there, but mostly it was... Uh, clubbing (laughs) no no, uh no extracurricular activities when i was in okinawa we played uh beach volleyball pretty much every weekend go up to akuma you know uh, scuba diving did a lot of scuba diving when i was in uh okinawa um but you know it just really depends on the interest of your friends you know what what do they like to do but you know a lot of it was drinking beer since we're talking about Okinawa a little bit, and all I've gone to hear is nothing about the good stories about good old Oki. Now, do you ever hear about some kind of a show over there? Oh, the Donkey Show. The Donkey Show. Let's hear about it. Did you did you ever go see the Donkey Show? No, no, no I did not. No. Did you just hear about it? Did you? I know heard guys about it, but did it? But, okay. but there's there's Let's the banana show. There's a banana show also. Yes, I've heard them. I've heard about that one as well, and uh, the sake. <laughs> Those are like all the things I've heard about drinking the sake <laughs> over there, getting super drunk, and yep. all these, the gong show, and that chick that could do like cut up, you know, fruits or veggies with, or a banana, yeah, with her uh, hoo ha, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, you never got to go to any of those shows, huh? I, I went to the banana show, yeah, but I, oh, you I did? never, I never went, I never went up on stage. All right, well, let's hear about it. Let's just like, uh, so you know, the listeners of someone who never. <laughs> Got this experience. So, so you would think that uh, for the show that it would be a not you know a nice young pretty you know good looking woman, but you know it's she's middle aged. She's probably a grandma. <laughs> right. Oh man, <laughs> misses some teeth maybe. I don't know. Yeah, probably. You know, and she would uh, she'd put a stack of uh, yen up on a beer bottle, and she'd you know sit down on it, and the stack of coins were gone. Holy shit, man. And then okay. she'd, she'd count out change. And then, you know, you, 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 oh my you, gosh, you're throwing dude. money up there, you know, because it's you're drunk and you you got a crap ton of money and you're just throwing yeah. money up there. And then she she picks some poor drunk schmuck, puts them up on stage, makes them lay down. She puts that banana in there and she squats over him and she's just Pinch the most of the banana out. 
and it's falling oh, in his mouth. Man. Oh no, no, yeah. not in the mouth, dude. In the mouth. No. Oh yes. man. You know it had it probably is some sick ass marine up there because they can handle that shit. Because I'll tell you. Oh, there's no all way, sorts, man. Dude. Marines, Navy, Air Force, Army. That they're all there. Sick fuckers, dude. <laughs> man she's plopping that thing right in the mouth huh yeah yeah oh gosh dude. and of course everybody's just it's, Cheering it's, a cringe, it on it's, and... it's a it's a cringe moment too you know you're like oh my god i mean fools are probably laughing you know at the same time i'm sure it's yeah. a, a roar of a time while it's going yeah. on yeah <laughs> and i can only imagine what the donkey show looks like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i've i've heard nothing but stories because i never got a chance to go over there since uh pretty much my uh deployment uh served as me you know doing my over duties time <laughs> so uh did you uh do any special duties or assignments orders exercises uh news did... or anything like that oh like yeah that? 31st Mew, um, attached with 11th and 13th Mew. Um, so I think I've probably got about four or five deployments uh, on ship and then we're going to Okinawa and doing, you know, workups over there. Uh, it's TAD to Florida for a year. Um, basically when the, uh, the civilian ships at carry all our beans, band-aids and, and, uh, bullets come in every three years, they get offloaded and everything gets worked up and the ships come back. And within 30 days, it's all loaded back up again and they're headed out. And, uh, I, you know, it was just so much, uh, different duties in, uh, working with Marines and civilians. That's the first time I actually got to work with civilians, um, doing that kind of stuff. And it was pretty fun. I made some really good friends and, um, Actually, when I retired from the Marine Corps, that's who I was working for as uh, as a contractor was for the people there in Blonde Island. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't give any of my experience uh, away. Um, I would I would redo them all again, a couple changes here and there, but uh, only if I was you know in that age group again. Now, um, I, I feel like you kind of been attached to a lot of different units, like the winger, the air wingers, um, grunts been and all, stuff yep, like been that. all the way around, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, now, so you've been at all the different chow halls. Who do you think serves the best chow? Like, if you had to go on base, where where would you go? I, I can Air tell Force. you where I would Yeah. Air Force. Well, I mean, and then, so, in the Marine Corps, though, I'm talking about in the Marine base. Yeah, I know Air Force, they always got the best shit. But because they're similar to the Air Force, the Air Wingers, I would, that's where I would go eat chow is wherever the Air Wingers were because they always had the best chow hall over there because obviously they're serving a lot of officers. Um, so, and when I was over there in the 22 area, we were kind of right by the Air Wingers. So once in a while, if we had enough little time, we'd swing over and try to go eat chow at the Air Winger chow hall. Actually, the best one I've eaten at was Edson Range. Oh, you know what? I mean, that's that's definitely a good number two. The only reason why Edson Range was always hard is just a it, yeah, it's a drive to get there, you know. And uh, <laughs> but it was, yeah, I would agree with you. Definitely, Edson Range is another one that because comes to mind. Yeah, because who's stopping your food? Recruits. Hell yeah! You Tip, know more. Please. Typ 
yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I, I, are, they gonna I, say, are they gonna say no? I actually, uh, you know, um, when I was a recruit, uh, I got um, uh, mess hall duty because uh, we placed uh, second or whatever in our drill. So we pulled uh, kitchen duty, and I was in charge of the salads, and you know, got to toss salads, so to speak. And, <laughs> and then fucking general instructor always gave me shit for that, man. Oh, the old toss of the salad over here, you know, like, hey, fucking guys. <laughs> so all right so you did you have deployed uh to combat region we've kind of talked about that now um have did you only uh deploy out to the combat region one time um just with uh just with the meth headquarters group um let's see actually uh combat combat just yeah just meth headquarters group uh quaint with you guys and then um did I go out the second time? So I was there January to, I think I got sent home a little early um, through because I got a Red Cross message. I was there uh, late June. So I was yeah. there from January to June of 2003. Um, yeah, had I would, not been getting out, they were about to, they would have sent my ass back. So that's why I was wondering yeah. if you ended up having to go back or, or did you only have to do one time over there? You only deployed once into the combat region. Do you remember like, uh, what was kind of your most memorable moment? I do know you did tell the story about, uh, us out there. Is there any other memorable moments for you out there? Um, yeah. So, and then when I was, uh, when I was actually, I was out there the second time, um, with MF headquarters. Oh, so you again. did go out there twice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Told you everything was a blur. <laughs> right, right. No, I know. I know how it is, man. Especially you did 20 years. Yeah, I was in charge of the uh, uh, the Iraqis there when we were up in Iraq. I had about 98 Iraqis that worked for me. And I paid them uh, $2 every day. A dollar on Sunday. Because they only worked half a day. Oh, sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I made a lot of good friends out there. And uh, just before... I was headed back to uh, Kuwait. They uh, they surprised me with a going away lunch, and they brought a uh, whole cooked lamb with all the pita bread and all all the fixings and everything. And all all of us just sat down and we just ate and had good memories and and uh, took pictures and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, what well, what do you think you least like about uh, being deployed? Uh, not yeah. being home with your family, right? It's like number one, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I call, that's phone calls are expensive, mostly. and phone calls are expensive, and letters are slow. Right, and back in the day when we were over there, man, social media wasn't really that existing, and they didn't really want us to have cell phones and stuff like that. And that was still kind of, you know, beginning of the cell phone era. And if I mean, yeah. God forbid, you took your cell phone out there and try to use it, you'd probably get charged. You know. Well, I had mine out there. Oh, you took yours out? Okay. And yeah. then you were able to, uh, back then it was like roaming charges and stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. it was expensive. Yeah, <laughs> things changed a lot since then. Um, <laughs> all right. So, what do you think your, uh, was, was one of your most favorite times while you've served in your whole 20 years? What do you think is the most, you know, your, your absolute favorite thing about your 20 years in service? Um, it happened, uh, not long after I got in, I was in Okinawa and, uh, my unit allowed me to go on leave and I flew back home 
and I got to sit um, the VIP section and watch my dad retire from the Marine Corps after 30 years. Oh, that's awesome, man. And I mean, I'm sure they had a nice little uh, ceremony for him, huh? Between uh, him and the other three, uh, I think one was Navy. The uh, All the other military guys that were retiring, they had about 150 years between the four of them. Wow. I mean, the ceremonies they put on for uh, military guys is if if you if you listeners have never been to something like that, I encourage you to go check it out. It's pretty cool. Like even boot camp graduations, uh, the Marine Corps birthday celebration, uh, you know, whenever someone goes to retire, um, just, you know, some of the some of the most coolest, you know, setups. And I mean, it, they, they go all out for these things. Yes, they do. I remember having to do some working parties for some of them once in a while <laughs> where I'd go out there and set it up and tear it down and, you know, or have to, you know, sit guests or something like that. There was always some kind of a freaking working party or a voluntold. Um, <laughs> and you were setting up the circus. And dance, as a staff yep. NCO, you were, you know, one of those guys. Hey, uh, we need some volunteers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're not yeah, getting any yeah. volunteers we're, we're gonna get some volatiles let's go volatiles, yeah right yeah, i always asked i never told so yeah no i mean yeah you weren't uh too much of a hard ass i i had to work under sassar hill um he yeah. was definitely more of a hard ass uh with when it came he, to, he, to stuff he did, not, he did not like it when i picked up staff sergeant no he yeah he pulled me to the side one day in front of another unit of Marines and he started chewing my ass and he goes, I'm not going to get punked out by a motherfucker like you. Yeah. And yeah I was it like, sounds like uh, Sassar Hill. And I, I looked at him and I, I said, whatever. <laughs> I, <walked away>. <laughs> <laughs> I know his eyes were probably just bulging out of his head as I was walking away. <laughs> like, I'll take my Sassar and, Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picked up, uh, I think, what, nine days after I got there. Yeah, that's that was nice for you to do that. I mean, yeah. you know, being a staff NCO, it's, it's, it's definitely a different world than just being a regular old NCO. Yeah. You know, because. You know, uh, I, you remember, you remember Captain Cologne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still talk with him from time to time. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah he's I a good still... guy. He uh, mm-hmm. definitely was a great captain and a great seal for us uh, he took care of us while we were over there and then uh um you know then we had to deal with lieutenant miller she got <laughs> she got in trouble or no not, not miller, no uh, that's you're talking about uh the female I, um she was there briefly when i first checked in and yeah, then she, uh, uh, God, what was her name mitten mitten or something lieutenant. like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got in trouble. She was uh, fraternizing or something. She was having extramarital affairs outside of her marriage. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and you definitely, uh, they do uh, frown upon that in the officer world for sure. Well, her husband was an officer too. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she might have screwed that up a little bit, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably why I guess uh, short lived with her. And then I think after that, um, I want to say, it was Lieutenant Miller right off rip. And, you know, he was a butter bar right out of uh, OCS. Yeah. Uh, you know, tall guy, kind of yep. goofy. Oh, very um, goofy. Man, you remember, <laughs> you remember that dude uh, blowing, 
farting in the damn scud bunker, man, and we're all downwind from him, and he's fucking laughing. It stunk so bad. It's like it's like gas, gas, gas from this bastard, man. He's over there with his like his like ivory teeth. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, motherfucking this captain, man. I mean that lieutenant, dude. So, what was your opinion of a uh, good old Lieutenant Miller? You know, he was young, dumb, didn't yeah. know any better. Right. <laughs> it's a new experience right out of right out of OCS. The good old butter what, bar guy. We had to give it, cut him a little bit of some uh, slack, right? Yeah. What can you do? Oh <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, is there any other uh, good stories out there that you want to share with us, or anything like that? Before uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little game with you. See if you uh, know some military thing. But before we get into that, I want to see if you have any um, last stories or anything you want to say about you know being a marine. Um, it's definitely a life-changing event. Uh, again, I wouldn't change it for the world. I'd do it all over again if I was younger. Um, and, uh, if, if you have doubts about joining the military, at least give it a shot. Right. You know, it's four years, right? I mean, four years that's, of your time. That's it. Or do, or you could even go, uh, try to be a reservist and. Um, but even some of those reservists, even some of those reservists, man, they end up getting activated and they damn near do as much time as enlisted. Sometimes I know yeah. during the times, uh, when we were over there, there's a lot of, uh, reservists getting activated. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, if you have nothing else, I want to go ahead and introduce you to a little game that I kind of just started off. It's, uh, it's, uh, basically I, Using military slang dictionary from Vet TV, also known as Veteran Television. I'm uh, sure some of you guys have heard of them. Uh, pretty popular. Um, but they've definitely came up with all the different slangs in the military. Some of them I have not even a clue. I've never even heard of them myself. But uh, we'll go ahead and see how Sassar Meath uh, does on this. And we're going to play What's the Military Slang? So how we play it, Sassar Meath, I'm going to read the definition of the military slang, and you're going to guess the slang. So, for example, right. uh, three-day weekend of liberty, not enough time for drugs to exit your system. Uh, be prepared for a piss test on return. It's a 72. 72, yep. Because there's 72 hours and three days, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We're going to go ahead and get right into this game. All right, so um, an imaginary flight line typically used to trick the new guy into thinking it's a real thing. Read that again. Imaginary flight line typically used to trick the new guy into thinking it's a real thing. Box of grid squares? Nope, 100 feet of flight line. Flight line, okay. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Some of them I don't I like that one that you probably wouldn't know it unless you're an air winger in particular. <laughs> um, so here's another one. Adhesive tape used by the military ordered from an unknown location that possesses the ability to hold together aircraft for years on end, yet cannot hold up a poster on drywall. Duct tape. Well, hundred mile an hour tape. Yeah, duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. What you say back to the sergeant of the guard or SOG 
when he's giving a stupid command over the radio. Roger. 10-4, fuck over. <laughs> uh, this one, I'm pretty sure it's uh, an army thing, but uh, something so durable, easy, even an 11B or 11 Bravo couldn't possibly fuck it up. Ooh. I don't know anything that a Marine can't break. I don't, I don't give up. 11B proof. <laughs> yeah, some of them, like I said, some of them you don't know. <laughs> Work schedule equating to 12 hours on and 12 hours off. Just hope you don't have to hot rack. Duty. 12 on, 12 off. Yep. Is what they say. Yep. The made-up 12th general order for a century to walk my post from flank to flank and take mm-hmm. no shit from any from rank. any rank. Yep. That's the 12th general order. I guess I actually gave you the answer on oh, that. I, one. I knew that one. Yeah, yeah, I knew that one. Everybody okay. knows that one. Right. Tell me the first 11, though. That's the question. <laughs> if you're 15 minutes early, you're right on time. So you must be 15 minutes earlier than that to actually be 15 minutes early. Most humans call this 30 minutes early. We call it the 15 minute early to 15 minute early. <laughs> yep. Cause if you're 15 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. Exactly. You know how that goes. All right. Uh, 15 minutes early. If you're 14 minutes and 59 seconds or less early, you're late. So what is that? <laughs> 15 minutes prior. Yep. 15 minutes prior. All right, so the imaginary unit you join when you become a civilian. Oh, for, um, damn it. First civilian Civ division. Div. Yep. First Civ Div. Div. Yep. Civ Div. Yep. All right, what's a, <laughs> what's a butter bar? That's a, that's a second lieutenant. Right, all right, so. All right, man. That's Lieutenant Miller. <laughs> yep, exactly. That was a good one. That's why I finished on that one. Yeah, you didn't do too bad. You knew some of them. Kind of like me. I mean, uh, I think if it wasn't really a Marine term, I didn't really understand it. I think some of them are even old school. Also, it's all, you know, genres and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, but, different, uh, different core. You you had the Crucible. I didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you guys. Oh, that's right. I wonder what year they How much longer after? Do you remember? Do you know when they started the Crucible? No, I do. I do know that I was the first, uh, the first platoon to get name tapes on our camis. Oh, uh, because uh, they gave it to us uh, just at the end, but we had, we had ironed on everything. Yeah, the little iron-ons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, hey, I just want to thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time, um, sharing your experiences with us. Um, I'm hoping maybe I can have you on at another time. We can probably get more in depth on some stories and stuff like that. Cause I'm sure there's plenty more out there, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Anytime, Brian, you need, uh, some, some, uh, some stories or just want to talk or, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, dude. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, Sassar Meath. And also to some of you guys, Robert Meath, I really appreciate your time, man. Anytime, anytime. All right, take care of yourself. You do the same, bud. Take care. We'll see you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
All right. Thank you once again, friends and family, for taking the time to listen to Every Day is a Saturday podcast. I really appreciate all the love and support. I'm really enjoying these interviews and hoping that I can continue to find willing guests to talk about their stories and experiences. Hey, if you're listening and want to come on the show, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from every one of you if I could. (laughs) 